M-O-O-N. That spells Marsden. What? You heard that James Marsden mm-hmm. is set to play the lead in CBS All Accesses. Accesses. Uh, almost definitely horrible The Stand miniseries. No, I did not hear about that. Can anything top the 1994 ABC Stand miniseries, which also was not very good? Uh, I don't know if it can. I mean, I totally watched it a couple of times when I was like in junior high. I was in, probably too young for it. In a similar way, this is also going to be, because I mean, all access is, well, I mean, what's streaming anymore? It's just TV, yeah. right, right, basically, right? right? So. Mm-hmm. Like, The Good Fight is just as big as The Good Wife was. I guess. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's going to be like the the old one from the 90s in that it's going to have a lot of people who are kind of slumming it. It's Mm -hmm. like, Molly Ringwald, do you have to be in this? No. You probably don't have to do this. No, you don't. Gary Sinise, well, I feel like you've got a somewhat solid, (laughs) if not spectacular career in films. Right, 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 right. So, anyway, uh, good old standby James Marsden, who is pushing 50, right? Is he really? Well, think about it. He's well, I guess. as old as Tina Fey is. He's uh, as old that's as weird to think Thank about. Thank you, Jensen is. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but doesn't look it, though. No, he, he's very young looking. Set to play Stu, the titular. The lead. <laughs> he's going to play the stand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what goes on the stand, we don't know. And some other uh, theorized but not locked up uh, parts just yet is uh, Whoopi Goldberg as Mother Abigail. Uh, Amber Heard okay, as Nadine, okay. oh and Greg Kinnear as Glenn. But who will play the trash can man? Okay. That's what we really need to know. Wow, I, I don't know. And also, I'd argue, more important than anything else, uh, Randall Flagg, right. <laughs> who's going to play the walking dude. Right, right, right. It's like the third week in a row we've mentioned. The walking dude? The walking dude. I know. <laughs> Jamie Sheridan, still out there. <laughs> Make my case right now. Um... Is this something that people were, like, looking for or, like, wanted? No one has been looking for this. Okay. Uh, The um, film, the Dark Tower film, ostensibly not the exact same thing, but definitely connected, bombed. It totally bombed. And it had Idris Elba and Matthew McConaughey in it. I know. And it bombed. And so... I know. Good luck, CBS. I think your work is cut out for you. I think so, too. Yeah. How Um, much money are they going to spend on this? And how... Much are they going to belabor it and make it three times as long as it needs to be? Yeah. Just thinking about Twilight Zone here. Um, yeah. Um, I, I, I can't remember how many, um, what the miniseries was uh, in the 90s, how, like how long Six. it was. That sounds about right. I, I would not be surprised to stay in age if they try to stretch it out to like eight or ten. I would not be surprised in the least. Hmm. Um, but I think, you know, let's go for the same amount. But but again, like, who is asking for this? Who wants this? Who is this for? And, um, I mean, maybe we add this to our reboot talk, you know? This is a, <laughs> this is a reboot. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I'd say it's a, a, a fresh adaptation, but does that count as a reboot? Same thing? I think it, could, it kind of does. And I guess maybe that's something we need to talk about. Like, what is a reboot and what makes a reboot? Um, and are there, like, reboots out there that are better than the original, you know? What if you reboot reboot? <laughs> yeah, you uh, you show me that. Um, that <laughs> is terrifying to me um but that's what computer animation used to be i know but it's terrifying like it's like 
Max Headroom on like drugs. It's like a Dire Straits video. Yeah, yeah. 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 (laughs) It was really hot back then. Yeah, I can believe it. And I think it's uh, it's ready for a return. I believe a return key. On this reboot. Oh, my goodness. Well, anyway, I guess a future review incoming of The Stand on CBS. We got CBS All Access. We do. We do have CBS All Access. When that reboot rolls around. Well, that's what we're talking about today on the Just Enough Trope podcast. I'm your host, Caliban, joined as always by my co-host. Hi, I'm Mikan Hana. We're here to, of course, bring you all the news that's fit to cast in the world of nerdy entertainment. Mm -hmm. Uh, I guess a Stephen King adaptation or reboot counts as nerdy in this case. And we're also here to talk about... Reboots. Why boots? <laughs> yes. We are uh, gearing up for this year's convergence, which is imminent. It's not next weekend, but the following weekend. The next time you hear us, yeah. it'll be convergence-related material. Exactly. We'll be casting from the show floor. Yes. So um, we're gearing up for that, and this year's theme is reboots, reimaginings, that sort of thing. So um, that is why we chose to talk about that today on the show. That's why, yeah, the show itself is something of a reboot in a new location with a few new, with a new attitude and a few (laughs) new, uh, I think, aspects and reorganized sort of um, particulars about the show. Mm -hmm. And so we'll see how it goes this year. Yeah, exactly. Um, Looking forward to it. How about you, Cal? Well, I have to. Oh, you have to? (laughs) I mean, you don't have look to look behind me. Well, okay. I'd run into something. Right, that's true. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Um what I am concerned about is just I mean, we've enjoyed this show. This is four, five, this is maybe the fifth year I think that we have done oh, I coverage can't on it. Fourth or fifth. We've been going since twenty thirteen. Um uh, twenty fourteen we dressed up. Yeah. And then twenty fifteen we started. So this is like our fourth year of coverage yes. for the show. So if you are a longtime listener, you know about our coverage in the show. And if not, uh, then you know, it's not a reboot, it's just a boot. Right. For you. But yeah, uh, but you know, I wanted to see it succeed and I know that there's a lot of people who work very hard and are very dedicated that will keep it a good show. But you know, just always different yeah. for and for a bunch of people who all collectively have some form of anxiety disorder. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there will be a lot of people um, worried that it'll go off well, but I bet it will. I, I bet it will, too. Um, I am doing panels for the first time this year, so I am both excited and anxious about that. Like what? Uh, well, I'm doing a Ghibli retrospective and a couple of Star Trek ones. Like, you're on Going Even Bolder, where we talk about all of the... Um, Trek shows that are coming up. Tell me what I'm on. And and then of course the live Enterprise Individuals uh, podcast. It's gonna be really embarrassing if you get the name of the show wrong on the panel. It's Enterprising Individuals. Yeah. Did I say it wrong before? You said something different. That's okay. I'm, I'm sorry. Okay, I'm embarrassed already. Um, <laughs> this is going great. Uh, and we're going to be talking about the 2009. Don't sell my stuff film. for me. Oh, okay. What are you doing? All right. I just thought I'd plug it. Yeah, so you're doing a completely different stuff. Okay. Though. All right. Yeah. And, and I'm also talking about um, a Chilling Adventures Hour, or Sabrina the Chilling Adventures Hour. Um, <laughs> okay. So t- titles for you. Maybe in titles for me are bad. Are I need to write block. that down. Um, <laughs> and uh, we are doing a, a panel all about sequels. And um, 
Which aren't uh, reboots. Right. <laughs> Don't be confused. Uh, right. And then we're doing, I, I'm doing a Captain Marvel panel, and I think you're on that one, too. Thank so. you for telling me what I'm doing. Okay, sure. It'd be really easy for you to go, and that's what I'm doing. What about you, Cal? <laughs> what about you, Cal? No, what are you doing? No, it's too late. You told them everybody already. Mm, sorry. <laughs> you told them everything. So, yeah, uh, look for us. If you're going to be at the show, we'll have a fan table on Saturday and Sunday. Mm-hmm. Oh, ooh, that reminds me. i got to make a uh, Facebook event for that. Okay, sure. How'd Facebook work? What do you mean? I don't know how Facebook works. Okay. I'm one of the oldest users. Yeah. Um, I'm friends with Facebook Tom, and uh, and I don't know how any of the th- things work. I know it's changed a lot in the last 13 years or whatever, but I can't make an event. I can't share it with anybody. I don't know how any of it works. So yeah. Do your best, it's I guess. It's kind and, of a mystery. Uh, yeah, yeah. If you see us uh, at the show or at our fan table, we'll be having giveaways mm-hmm. we've got some uh, great kind of nerdy prizes and things like that yes um i guess we'll call them door prizes right? yeah is that what you call them? yeah I how do you qualify so. for a door prize um knob. come to our <laughs> table and knob or no we'll take you come on in and like write your name and stuff yeah down. it might be a drawing yeah. maybe we'll make you dance right, right. It's, it's in the air still yeah. we're not sure exactly but uh yeah love to see you there and we'll, of course, be interviewing people from the floor of the show and that sort of thing. Yes. But yeah, today I think we wanted to talk about, just to get prepared for that, we wanted to talk about um, the idea of reboots. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to think, what's the ultimate reboot? Hmm. The New That's Testament. That's a really good question. <laughs> right? You've got, or just the whole, like the whole covenant in general, right? Uh-huh. Just the whole idea of, okay, sacrifice things to me, I'm Yahweh. Uh, be righteous. There you go. And then it, oh, this isn't working. All right. Uh, <laughs> plan two. Uh, Jesus. Come here, son. We got a new plan. Right. Um, but if you're not religious, though. But if you're, oh, another religious one. Noah. Right. The flood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, this ain't working out. We're going to start Start over. getting some, uh, some begging strips and get all these animals together and <laughs> try this again. Oh, my goodness. Um I don't know. What is the ultimate reboot? Um, the Constitution. Actually, the Constitution is a reboot because before that we had the Articles of Confederation. Uh-huh. So we put all that together and then, I can't remember exactly what happened, but I don't think it was like fully ratified. We're like, eh, this doesn't this really feel works. right. Yeah. So we threw the con- uh, Constitution together. So do you call the Bill of Rights like a side quill then? Because <laughs> we're like, this constitution is good, but it's missing, missing like these ten things. specific rights that we want to enshrine here. Right. And then every um, every amendment is like a retcon. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Um, the cool comic book civics teacher, you know, I'd come in a Wolverine T-shirt on. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, give me liberty or give me death, bub. Right. <laughs> Spin the chair around. You know. I bet you guys think that history is pretty boring. <laughs> Did you know I that Andrew Jackson was just like Professor X? <laughs> and Professor X just obliterated the South. Right. Um, I'm trying to think of um, what are some some good reboots. Old Hickory um, was his code name. Huh? Okay. Um, and I wouldn't call like the prequels for Star Wars. I wouldn't call those reboots. Exactly. I don't know. What, I mean, what would you... Would those be sequels? Um, yep. Only pre- prequels. prequels. Yeah. Star Wars has never been rebooted. No. The only thing that you could really consider it... Because its whole cachet is 
its epic nature. Right. And the fact that it's this story that goes on and on and on. And that actually ties into, accidentally on your part, uh, what we're going to talk about today on the show. Yeah. Uh, we're going to talk about comic books. Yes. And the long history that the characters have, in some cases, over 70 years, 75 years, 80. Superman mm-hmm. turned 80 this year. Yep. Uh, or Batman did. Um, and so, yeah, we're going to talk about Marvel Comics and not known for their reboots necessarily, but mm-hmm. definitely um, uh, late starters, but uh, came in hard <laughs> as soon as they right. uh, hit, hit the tarmac. So, yeah, we'll be talking about the Marvel Ultimate line today mm-hmm. and also some of Mar- uh, Marvel's attempts to reboot in the past that were not successful. Yes. Arguably because they decided to jettison what made them significant or important. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Which I is their, their long history. Mm-hmm. I think Timothy Chalamet is Matthew McConaughey rebooted. He's the new Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> okay. Not that we had to get rid of the old one. Right, right. Um, would you consider uh, Star Trek The Next Generation to be a reboot? Or is it just playing off of the original one? Like, what would you call it? It's another... Is it a reimagining? But it's not, though. Well, see, this is, I guess, what we're talking about. It's not because, once again, this is another franchise that traffics in the the, the epic scale uh, of how long it's been around. That's so true. They weren't saying that the first show never happened. Well, that's true. They were definitely taking it in a, in a different direction, but it was all part of the same universe. Well, that's very true. I am I'm trying to find a good example of a, a reboot. And I'm having a really hard time with it. Um, Anne of Green Gables, 2030. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, there, Cyber Anne. <laughs> there have been a couple of different iterations of The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Yeah. Um, I remember the Wonderworks version. Does something have to, like to be that? part, to have the same sort of financial concerns to be a reboot? Because if the BBC does a, you know, to Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe or the Works of C.S. Lewis thing, and then, I don't know, New Line or whoever it was does right. a bunch of movies. Right. Is that a reboot or is that them, just another company also doing it? Yeah. Well, what about like Fantastic Four, like their, the Fantastic Four films? Are those reboots or is it like we're just starting over or like Spider-Man, for example? But, like, are you talking about a comic book, a TV show, a film? I'm talking about the films. Oh, so in the case of the films, mm-hmm. yeah, those are those are reboots. Okay. You're not dragging Tobey Maguire out of mothballs. No, you're not. Which, God, I love mothballs. It's weird. <laughs> but his clothes have no holes in them. No, uh, Yeah, and you're deciding, like, we're going to do this again. And now Peter Parker's got cool hair and he skateboards. Yeah. Just like we always knew that Peter Parker did. Right. Remember how cool Peter Parker was? No. Remember that? I remember how nerdy he was and how much he got made fun of. So, yeah. Um, Just hmm. pan- as he walks down the high school hallway, yep. the panties drop. Jeez. Um, yeah. Um, so I guess those would be examples of reboots or, or like uh, His Dark Materials, the new series that's coming out. But again, that was a failed Universal movie? Yes. Which now... Going the other way, BBC is going to try to do a thing. Right, right, right. Um, Can you reboot Roots? <laughs> how 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 would you Sexier. how would you do that? Oh my gosh! <laughs> it's wow, 
No, how would how would that even happen? I don't. don't well, even... there is a roots the next generations. <laughs> There's a literally. Kuta Kinte has got a new pair of glasses. Okay, Look all pretty right. great. <laughs> re rerooted. Oh, re rerooted. Yeah. Oh man, that's bad. That's really bad. Um. <laughs> Yeah, like, mm, there have been a couple of different Pride and Prejudice films, but... Yeah, but I mean, we could make a Pride and Prejudice film if yeah, we wanted to. Like, I, I don't know. think anybody really owns that anymore. No, you're right. That That's public domain. So, Sherlock, that's another public domain sort of thing. Yeah. Would you consider, like, Bumblebee to be a sort of reboot of the Transformers, or is that like a side prequel i don't know i feel like it's kind of like a a side prequel thing yeah Uh that's kind (laughs) of what i think prequel more like nyquil (laughs) oh boy (laughs) yeah so anyway that's what we're talking about yes (laughs) if well okay so i guess like convergence is like a side quill to minicon or something how's that work i guess is it a reboot i don't know i mean i think they went with this theme because new new place you know new hotel is hosting it this year so i think that's why they went with it and timothy chalamet says okay 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 right right let's talk about the news speaking of reboots and we are that craft reboot oh, still yeah. plugging along okay at blumhouse films of you course know how it goes. Blumhouse. Of course yes. it is. Yes. Uh, Zoe Lister-Jones is writing and directing it. And it looks like we found our first actress, Kaylee Spaney. Oh, really? I've never heard of. I Do you know am... who that is? Nope. I don't know who that is. I know that she's a young actress and she will be um, playing this. Uh, I think she'll be playing the main role. Sarah. I knew you'd the, um, <laughs> the Robin Tunney role. Uh, yeah. Yes, whether or not she'll have a wig on the whole time, we don't know. I, I doubt that. I mean, that was kind of special circumstances. But um, um, I saw recently there. I don't. I won't know if you call it a meme or. I what. think this is going to bomb. You think the craft thing is going to bomb? Yeah. Why do you think that? Before we get off the topic of it. Yeah. Because I don't think that. I don't know. Maybe you are the target audience. Maybe. Uh, maybe people like you will come out for it, but I don't think you really will. And I, I think, don't think that it has much appeal unless they make them cyber witches or something to Zoomers. I don't think that it's um, a well-remembered property, well-enough-remembered property. And Bloomhouse does everything cheap. So it's like, mm-hmm. shouldn't the Gem movie have killed? Yeah. But it was too much of a departure, and it was too cheap. And that I think they Blumhouse? knew. Blumhouse? No, but I'm just saying it's that sort of thing. Okay. And I think that they... Uh, also with the Gem thing, I think they knew... Pretty early on, it wasn't going to work, and so they pulled all the promotion, and it just let it die. And so, uh, yeah, I, I just, in my opinion, I kind of feel like the original craft was like right time, right place, you know, and like, <laughs> you know, it was it was so '90s in so many ways, and I, I think that, you know, it's remembered fondly by by me and like other people who were growing up at that time but i don't know that i don't think that it'll necessarily hit the same notes this time i i don't think it's necessarily gonna 
blow people away. Yes. Craft is literally the Feruza bulk of movies. Yes. So what I was going to say was like somebody um, took pictures of Frankenfurter from um, uh, Rocky Horror and compared them side by side with Feruza Balk in uh, The Craft. And they said that her character from The Craft was like... Uh, uh, Frankenfurter's daughters because they had similar like facial expressions and like hair and stuff like that. So what? <laughs> yeah. So eyeliner and red lipstick get you Frankenfurter's daughter. Yeah, 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 yeah. Frankenfurter wouldn't be caught dead in those doily dresses that those guys wear. <laughs> Forget that. I was thinking about the Rocky Horror Picture Show too, and oh, or just Rocky Horror the stage show, um, and the way that it's endured, and I think it it should. I think it's great. It's also that. You know, it. I think we're coming back to another um, nostalgic return because sure. it itself was, you know, like fit, had 50 songs in it, you know, even though it was from the 70s. And then we get the thing. So it's kind of coming back again. But it's so like they did a Victoria Justice did a did one on ABC or whatever. or NBC, they did a live one. Like it's huh. just so tame now. Like you're, right. you're going to make a Frankenfurter for. The 21st century, like, what would it be to really push people's buttons? He'd be an anti-vaxxer, that's for sure. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> well, that that's like the first thing you go to. Um, I don't, I don't know. Um, I, I think it has to be pretty out there these days to really, you know, push people's buttons. Um, A man in... Pantyhose, no! I, I know, right? Like, we'd have to go fat farther than that. Yeah, I know. But it's I not down to us. We don't have to decide necessarily. No, we don't. Uh, speaking of these reboots, it looks like Jill Soloway is going to replace Brian Singer as the director of Red Sonia. Oh, I, somehow I did kind of see process. that. Yeah. <gasps> yes. Um, Cool. Let's have a female director for a female lead film. Right, but it's like, Red Sonia just going to sit around now and complain about her parents? <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. I hope there's a lot of action still, you know. And I, I'm all for taking things away from Brian Singer too because he's just oh, problematic. No, I, yeah, absolutely. So yeah. Um, if you can outvape me, then you can bed me. <laughs> how the new Red Sonya is going to work? Right. No, I'm. Uh, I'm. I think this is interesting. Like, uh, it's a, it's an interesting choice, uh, and I kind of want to see where they what, go with what it. What else has she done? Do you know? Transparent. She's the mind oh, behind Transparent. Oh, I didn't realize that. That's okay. That's why I was making those jokes that you were laughing at before. Well, I they were so funny. Uh, speaking of also uh, rebooting things, uh, this isn't exactly a reboot, but Avengers Endgame is going to be re-released with DLC. Yes. <laughs> a lot of people are mad about this. And my thing is like, you don't have to go. No. If no. you feel satisfied with what you saw, and if you've seen it once or twice or three times or whatever... And you don't think that a couple minutes of footage is worth it, then you don't have to go. No, there's not, nothing saying. There's that no you... trick here. They're no. not. It's no scam. They're just re-releasing it, and to I've only seen people, it once. Yeah. So I'm probably going to see it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So um, I don't think there's anything wrong with this. Um, and and I know it's like their way of trying to get more people to see it in the theater. They're trying to beat Avatar. Yes. They're so close to beating Avatar. Yes. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. And like you said, you don't have to go. So, um, I, you know, I want to see it. I want to see the extra stuff. Yeah. So, um, I'm all for it. Yeah. And that'll be, uh, coming up, uh, next weekend, basically yes. the uh, last weekend in June. So yep. I don't know if we go check that out. Maybe we'll have uh, a review of the extra footage. That'd be cool. Yeah. Which will be what do you think? 
Excuse me. More I don't, Ant-Man jokes. Um, I don't know. I heard that it's not like actual extra footage in the film itself, that it's like a, a cut scene at the end. Ugh, that's even worse. That's what okay, I I'm heard. I'm turning around on this now. I don't know. What happened to the so, giant ant? Ant-Man and the Wasp, they make this big deal out of this huge ant that he's got that plays the drums. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And then we all come back at the end to fight Thanos. And where's the giant ant? I don't Anthony know. Did, Five or whatever. Did he did he die because Ant Man wasn't around <laughs> oh, to feed him? Oh, he got snapped! Oh no! <laughs> Two little drumsticks fall to the ground. <laughs> oh no! Oh, that's terrible. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, what else? <laughs> um, maybe we get to see what happens with Cap when he goes back in time or something like that. Yeah, we should have left it on the ant. No, okay. Being, though. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> Well, uh, I don't know. Going from reboots to deboots. Yeah. That is like just getting rid of somebody. Uh, you've heard about the uh, Max Landis situation, right? Uh, I've, I've heard of it. I don't know what the update is. Well, the most recent update is that uh, we're up to a total of eight women that he has uh, reportedly sexually, physically, and emotionally abused. Awesome. So cool. It's So the thing was before is that the Hollywood Reporter, like last year, was all set to run this story. Mm-hmm. Um, and then one of the people or the main person they had talked to said, you know, I don't want you to use my name. And so they were like, well, I mean, we can't run with it. Um, or they didn't want right. to. Okay. So they decided not to. Uh, but the Daily Beast has uh, written a lengthy expo- expose this weekend uh, talking to eight, these eight different women. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, does not look good for Max Landis. What, his career? Uh, well, That hasn't yeah. looked good for a while. Well, yeah, I know. Um, but this is, this is bad for him, so. Thoughts? Uh, um, <laughs> I wasn't a fan of his to begin with, <laughs> so I'm not like. No? Uh, no, I'm not like terribly disappointed by this, but it's just like, it just makes a person that you're not super excited about, like, that much worse. Yeah, I heard. Um, so there was, I saw a tweet that was like, "Wow, Max Landis is like the second worst thing that John Landis has done." <laughs> What's the first? Helicopter sound. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh! Wasn't there there was, Twilight Zone? Um, McMorrow. The kids, but uh, nobody, yeah. nobody ever remembers the kids' names. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, that joke is for people who know what happened on the set of 1982's. Twilight Zone movie. All right, all right. Uh, all right, that's three. <laughs> so nothing to say as a woman about that? Um, that's okay. We don't really go to you for your I, opinion no, as a woman. I, don't worry I, about I'm it. I'm not excited about it. And um, <laughs> You don't want to see his Pepe Le Pew movie? No. I, this is the great irony. God, why? He was literally in the 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 uh, running to do a uh, Pepe Le Pew movie, which you could not pick you couldn't write that or you could no, and people would go that's nah, that's too much why are this we... character in an adam sandler movie that's kind of rapey who's also working on a pepe Le Pew movie who is right. rapey. yeah, yeah. Uh, why are we why do we want a pepe Le Pew movie i don't know but why does he want this clearly he is like walking the talk and talking the walk gosh yeah that's really he was research he probably claimed uh-huh great stop painting Gross. these women yeah the cat always gets a paint. Yeah, I know, like, right? Oh, it's a skunk. <laughs> I can't just like a cat. I know. <laughs> so he's racist I, and sexist. I know, right? Where'd this go? Hey, did you hear about this uh, Netflix Game of Thrones style samurai show? I did hear about that, yes. It's going to be called Age of Samurai Battle for Japan. And mm-hmm. here's my first note. Yeah. Better title. 
need one. <laughs> you know what worked about Shogun? Huh. Shogun. No, yeah, you're right. They're like five bucks. Yeah. But everybody remembers Shogun. Yeah, right, right, right. It's not even about the Shogun. Well, it's about Blackthorn or whatever. Well, I mean, you could use something Japanese in the title, and like people will figure it out. Like it, it doesn't have to be in English. Udon. <laughs> okay, I wouldn't necessarily. Oh, better than that. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't want my TV show to be made after after a thick noodle. How but... about this? Gundam. <laughs> right. Some name recognition. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Call it Gundam. Yeah. There you go. Uh, what do you think? Um, I actually heard read about this, and you know, I guess it's going to be loosely based on like this one guy who was a real samurai, and he lost one of his eyes or something like that, and like um, Jubei Kibagami. Is yeah, that it? yeah. I'm just guessing. Uh, and um, it sounds kind of interesting to me. I I would check it out. I'm a little skeptical just because they've. I mean, this is not based on an anime or anything like that, but Netflix has done a lot of live action things that were based on an anime and those haven't turned out super great. So I'm hoping this is a lot better than that, but um, I'm a little skeptical because it's Netflix. So Yeah, from the people that brought you Black Mirror. No! Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So. Well, I hope that it is good. I also wonder whether it will be. Yes. But we'll see. Here's something else along those same lines. Okay. Looks like we've got a short list for the Shang-Chi film. Okay. As far as casting goes. And two names are at the top of that list. One is Ludi Lin, who is a young uh, Asian-American actor who's been seen in Power Rangers, Aquaman, and the aforementioned Black Mirror. No. And then also in a, um, I think, unspecified role, uh, Donnie Yen. Now, let him rest. <laughs> Donnie Yen. When I first heard Donnie Yen, I thought, Donnie Yen? No, it doesn't help. You can't, all the hair dye in the world can't make Ip Man like Shang-Chi. That's, right. he's too old. Right, right, then right. I heard, oh, no, it's not going to be, he's, he's not, not going to be, be the, the lead role. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Um. Are you excited about this film? Are you skeptical about this film? How how do you how do you feel about it? I feel like we have shown that recently it's been uh, phase four in general. I don't know. Okay. You know, phase little, three little if it wasn't the Russo brothers, yeah. more or less. Right, right, right. Or I don't know, Ryan Coogler. It's like okay, that's fine. It's not great. Mm-hmm. And if the Russo brothers are gone now, and we're just getting people who are used to direct riverboat movies, and now they're going to direct this or something, mm-hmm. depends on who they get, you know, and who's you know, who they've got. I can't remember the name of the person that they've got, but um, I don't know. We'll see. How do you balance sensitivity? Yeah. While updating, and I just mean being like sensitive, like let's get a lot of. Uh, Asian American actors in here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's explore that part of the culture. Right. And not just in the chopsaki way that I don't think was trying to be offensive, but was definitely you looking at one aspect of that sort of thing, which is like, oh, here are your noodles. Oh, kicking. You know, it's yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. all right. But what if we like actually told us like Black Panther? It could just be and a black guy, you know, in New York with the Fantastic Four, but instead right. they're like, let's fill this movie with, you know, literal African people. 
and tell a story about them and their society and how it relates to the Western society and stuff yeah. like that. And so I'd like to see a more a nuanced take on this. Yeah, I you know I think you you bring up some good points. Um, I'd like to see it be a little bit more sensitive than say uh, Doctor Strange, which was uh, I guess a little uh, controversial in some ways um, because um, cast uh, the ancient one and uh, they're not you know not Asian, um, but I guess that role doesn't have to be. But it's one of those things that causes debate because then it's like well, did you take a role away from an Asian-American actor? Right, right. So um, I, I think what you're saying about, you know, taking, like, the basic concept of what they have for uh, Black Panther and expanding upon it and really making it uh, focus on an African culture and then taking that same idea and doing it with an Asian culture, I think that's a good idea, and I hope that they do that. Yeah, Um and then as far as, like, just the content, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's just a kicky have you movie. Have you read any Shang-Chi so I think it'll comics? Be up to, yeah, I think it'll be um, tough for them to, you know, because now we've got, like, The Matrix. So not only are you in <laughs> a computerized reality fighting yeah. uh, robot squids, but you're flying through the air. And, you know, so how do they, how do they, I mean, just a plain old, Kung Fu kicky movie could probably be good, I suppose. But yeah, how are yeah, they yeah. going to update it? And who's going to make a cameo? Because they're going to have to take a B-list Avenger and stick him in there, right? Yeah, no, you're right. Um, Falcon already did a cameo in Ant-Man, so probably not going to be Falcon. <laughs> <laughs> um, the um, most random uh, cameo. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Who can we have him beat, uh, but it doesn't like reduce their status? Like, if he takes out Captain America, no, nah, it's not going to work. Right. Um, I don't know. Uh, Hawkeye, maybe. <laughs> yeah, but Renner wouldn't agree to it. Yeah, you're right. So I don't know. And our last story, and it's uh, somewhat depressing news, although Uh-oh. it is not um, not unexpected. Uh, it's the end for Vertigo at this point. I saw that, and they just rebooted it not that long ago, right? Yes. Like in 2018. Yes, it is. Phasing it out, um, they have this thing called the Black Label now at DC, which is kind of their adult imprint. Right. And, you know, it's not... I mean, I guess Vertigo wasn't really characterized by anything specific uh, when it started, other than just, you know, these ain't your comics code, daddy's comics, baby. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, it's just... uh, It's too bad. I mean, they lost Karen Berger a while ago. Um, She was really positive about it. Um, Yeah. On, on Twitter, but I mean, you can just tell that people are, most people I've seen are pretty upset about this. Yeah. Oh, well, it, that, that makes sense. I understand. Why and I think upset. that they really lost an opportunity. I, yes. Part of it is that anybody can do a quote unquote adult comic. Now comics are for everybody, not just for kids. It's not right. just, you know, uncle Scrooge anymore and Carl Carl barks, nothing against him. Uh, you've got competition, especially mm-hmm. in dark horse, image but you're also dc comics yeah and you're backed by warner brothers and you got a billion trillion dollars so why not just set up the masthead and start competing you know right 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 um i i just it's 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 too bad it it was so short-lived this time around um and uh you know i i'm sure that pretty much everything that was well, I guess I, I don't know for sure if everything from the Vertical label will get transferred over to the Black label. I don't think anything but, was really on the Vertical label. Okay, all right. No, Black label's going to be stuff like, oh, another Harley Quinn comic, but you can see her nipples now because it's Black label. Great. 
just what I'm so excited about. And they're get, they got the guy from the BDSM comic to draw it. Oh, yay. My favorite. I wish Tumblr had existed when I was trying to be an artist. <laughs> I could have, oh boy, you want me to draw pierced nipples? I could do that all day. Oh boy, great. Fast forward 10 years, I'm a star. Well, I don't want to blame it all on 9-11, but it certainly didn't help. Oh, boy. We're here to talk about Ultimate Marvel Comics. Yes. What is Ultimate Marvel Comics? Um, it's well, not your it's, daddy's comics. It's basically... Your, it's not your mommy's comics. No. It's not your dog's comics. No. It's like the ultimate version <laughs> of your favorite Marvel comics. Yeah, it sure so is. It's like a reboot of comics so yes you remember how your favorite comic started well guess what we're gonna tell you all over again <laughs> right but more condescending to women this time oh my god that was weird wasn't it yes i wasn't expecting that a wow. lot's changed in 20 years a wow. lot has changed in 20 years there's a lot of like calling guys girls yep. or saying stuff like well that's for girls and yep. it's like i, I was you reading it and i was like what the heck is going on yep. All in the search for new readers. And as we start out, first thing, let's eliminate half of those new readers. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, yep. why Why would you do that? And All like, terrible. Oh, my God. All a bad idea. Yeah. Let's continue. Okay. Uh, you have to remember the status of comic books in the mid-90s, not the early 90s, when the speculator boom or bubble was at its largest and it was on top of the world, and X-Men 1 sold a million and a half copies or whatever. And Image Comics was doing well. <laughs> Image Comics was doing so well yeah. that seven guys went, screw you, we do it on our own. Right, right, right. And they went off on their own, and like two, one and a half of them did okay. And the rest <laughs> were like, can we get our jobs back? Or, right, right, right. Yeah, because that's just not... It wasn't, you know, it's it, the market is not what... It, it was all smoke and mirrors. It mm -hmm. didn't exist. And Marvel found that out the hard way, and by the time 1996 rolled around, they had to basically, they declared bankruptcy. They went into Chapter 11. Mm -hmm. And so, in their, in their desperation, they turned to a man they didn't understand. I don't have a very good uh, Michael Caine. Uh, we're going <laughs> on. Uh, a guy named Bill Jamis became the president of Marvel Comics. Okay. He was a guy who, speaking of speculation, uh, came from the trading card industry. Oh, boy. And so his, and he had basically no experience. With comics. With comics, yeah. Okay. And said, look, we just treat it like a business, right? So you make these specific moves designed to increase that perception of value and how do we do that we do it like this this and this and he's controversial he was fired in 2004 <laughs> um, but before then he made some decisions that it's it's tough to argue didn't have some positive effect mm -hmm. and we'll talk about that as we talk about ultimate comics but one of the sure. ideas was take the uh characters you have and People see, or we see, the continuity, the long history of these characters as a bar to entry, mm -hmm. even though it's ever since like 1938 or whatever, people have just been going to the newsstand and going, super guy, well, great. Right. You fold up the comet, put it in your back pocket, and you read it 50 times till it falls apart. Yeah. And you don't care what happened in the last issue. 
And I don't know, I guess maybe you're not a regular customer, but I've never understood that. Like, the first X-Men comic I bought was X-Men 273, I think. It's the one where Colossus, Gold Colossus is trying to choke Professor X to death. Awesome. Now, I knew who the X-Men were, but I'd never purchased an X-Men comic before. Mm-hmm. But guess what I figured out right away? What? That these X-Men live in a mansion. Actually, I think the mansion was blown up at that point. And uh, there's a ball guy in a wheelchair that tells him what to do. Right. Off to the races. Yeah. In their minds at this time, that was the problem. So what do we do? Let's reboot the entire line where we use mm-hmm. the same characters and we use the, what's there, but we unchain them from continuity. And Marvel had already tried this, weirdly, in like 1997 when they did Heroes Were Born. At the end of the Onslaught crossover where basically... Professor X's mind is taken over with the mind of Magneto, basically. He becomes the greatest villain the Marvel Universe has ever known. The only way they could defeat him was uh, Franklin Richards uses his warping reality powers to create this, like, singularity to, like, suck him in and destroy him. But, unfortunately, the Fantastic Four, like the Avengers and Captain America, get sucked in as well. Okay. And so they end up in their own universe, which for some reason they have to live all over again. Like you oh said, we have gosh. to tell their stories all over again. Yeah. But these ain't your daddy's comics. Right, right, right. And it went for like maybe 18 months and people were like, this sucks. <laughs> Stop this. <laughs> and then, you know, somebody snapped their fingers and they were back. And well, that was weird. We're back. Right. But I remember my life. Uh-huh. And my chest is normal size now. Uh-huh. I'm Captain America. Right. <laughs> so just a couple years after that failed, they thought, let's do it again. Yeah. And they handed it off to a guy named Brian Michael Bendis. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm just going to make, like, rage noises for okay. the rest of the episode. Okay. Uh, and he created a, ca- a comic book called Ultimate Spider-Man mm-hmm. with artist Mark Bagley. And the idea was telling the story all over again. Yep. Uh, but not still having the real, the quote-unquote real one. So it's like you've got... Spider-Man by this time has been around for 40 years. He's an adult. He's doing adult stuff. He's married or getting a divorce from MJ. Right. Whereas we can have kid Spider-Man having fun kid stories in this other side thing. Yes. I think it's so funny that DC went to all this trouble to get rid of their Earth 2 and Marvel created their own Earth 2. Yeah, They're like, yeah. we could use an Earth 2. <laughs> So they created the 1610 universe. That's the Marvel universe. The regular Marvel universe is the 616 universe. Okay. This sounds vaguely familiar. Yeah. So they created a series of books or or, uh, sort of uh, issues, uh, lines, uh, Ultimate Spider-Man, Ultimate X-Men. Later on, they had an Ultimate uh, Iron Man. Mm -hmm. Uh, Ultimate Fantastic Four also happened at that time. And then all sort of culminating in... The Ultimates, which was yeah. their Avengers, essentially. Mm-hmm. And the idea was that it was all, nobody uses, we, we know not to use the term gritty anymore, <laughs> but it was all sort of grittier. It was supposed to be more of a real world aesthetic. Uh, it wasn't, you know, gosh, Cap, what are we going to do now? It was right. more like, get these mother effers out here and do this. Look, Samuel Jackson is Nick Fury. That's what you need to know. Right, right. Yeah. And I mentioned 9-11 at the beginning of this. I I think a lot of people think that it helped that 9-11 happened when it did because people were sort of became more aware and worried about like, you know, real world threats and terrorism. Mm -hmm. This Mm -hmm. could have been easily like a thing where, you know, once 
the war was over or World War II started, like people were like, forget superheroes, we got like real problems here. Right. But this, uh, people think, kind of like channeled into that. Mm. And so, yeah, the sales were really high for a long time. Then they started to kind of slip. Uh, there was a couple crossovers that were meant to boost the popularity of the line. Sure. And they did, of course, real gritty stuff. Like, they killed off, like, half of the superheroes. Right. Uh, like, people you know. Uh-huh. Uh, not like D-Man. Got him again. Uh, and everybody <laughs> hated, picking on everybody hated that. Yeah. And eventually, it just sort of dried up and still existed. But they just didn't really publish anything for it. Except for Marvel Zombies. Marvel Zombies is real popular for some reason. That's weird. Uh, yeah. And so, you know, eventually in 2015, they folded... Uh, the Ultimate Universe into the main universe with the Secret Wars event. Okay. Although, because he has to ruin everything and can't leave it well enough alone, Brian Michael Bendis, in his Spider-Man 2 sequel to the original Spider-Men crossover uh, series where Miles Morales meets Peter Parker, uh, confirmed that the Ultimate Universe still exists. And it's like, that was the entire point of Secret Wars. Right. You that they didn't exist anymore. Sh- blindingly shiny-headed idiot. <laughs> now you're going to ruin DC. Yeah. Well. He's going to give them an Earth 2. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa, hey. What a great idea. <laughs> Brian, I love it. So just kind of to get an idea of this, because you weren't familiar with this. No. Were you? No, I was not. I mean, I'd heard of Ultimate Spider-Man before, I'm pretty sure. But that's pretty much the only one that I've heard of before. And I think that it's like a reboot. I mean, it's kind of like a side boot as we defined before. But yeah. it's, it's them rebooting this long, long property that they have. Mm-hmm. So I thought it would be a good idea to check it out. Only because at least there'd be a little more entertainment value than us. We thought about reading Heroes Were Born, but yeah. that's just bad. It's okay. not gonna, you wouldn't have enjoyed that very All much. All right. So yeah, so for this, we read Ultimate Spider-Man 1. We read uh, Ultimate uh, Iron Man 1, Fantastic Four X-Men, and then the uh, first episode or the first issue of the Ultimates book. Mm -hmm. So I guess we'll talk about the big one. Talk about Marvel's Ultimate Spider-Man, number one first. What did you think of that? Um, It was fine. It was just like I said before. It was a retelling of like Peter Parker's origin story. Yeah. Um, And all the usual suspects are there, you know. uh, professor, or not professor, but um, uh, Osborne has his corp, and uh, in the beginning opening scene, I think he's playing with said spider that will later bite Peter Parker. So, right, because it's all got to be connected. So, yeah. Osborne is responsible for the spider that bites Peter. Yeah, exactly. And he basically knows from from jump that he's that Peter Parker has spider powers. Yeah. Like, Which leaves you a lot of places to go. Well, yeah. Um, but it won't matter because they'll just tear Norman Osborn's head off in 10 issues anyway. Right? Well, and like at first he's like, kill the kid. He's going to die anyways. Which is like. It's just like, I know. What? I know. That, didn't that seem like just a way to have him jump over a car and realize yes. he's got jumping powers? Yes. Yeah. And then. See, because it's a, in the original Amazing Fantasy 15. Peter Parker's just walking across the street and a car almost hits him and he goes, whoa, and he jumps into a wall and he goes, I can jump. But this is like, no, what if like we got to motivate the car? Like, well, how, where does the car come from? Who cares? Right, right. That's not what's important. No. And and then the operative like reports back to Osborne and Osborne's like, don't kill him. Abort. You right. know, because like, like you said, now he's like, oh, he's got spider powers now. I was immediately irritated by... 
the Bender's dialogue. I feel like I have appreciated or at least enjoyed in the past me some Bender's dialogue, but that's sure. supposed to be one of the things that sets his stuff apart is because it's not just I talk, you talk. It's supposed to be more like a, a TV show or a script or a mammoth play, God help us, right? Uh, where they're sentence fragments and stuff. And right away, Norman Osborne's on the phone and he's doing that thing that you'd see in a bad play, like the play I wrote when I was in college where he's like, yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Right. You don't have to write a conversation like that where he's responding. It's a fake story. It's a comic. You can just have him expositing and yelling in a one-sided conversation. He's the boss. You don't have to have, you know, him going, right, right. And a stick of butter. Right, right. You know, it's... That's not necessary. It just immediately puts you in like a, oh, boy. What am I reading? People love the dialogue in this, huh? Harvey Awards? Yeah. Eisner Awards? I know. Well, but and that's like, the way it was. It was the year 2000. Yeah. And then, like, Aunt May and um, uh-huh. Uncle Ben, like, they were tried to make them, like, cool older people. Like, Uncle Ben has a ponytail. And he's like, you know, when I was in the commune... I, I know. It's and like, it's like, wait, we get it. We I know. It. Uncle Ben wasn't a doughboy. Like, now he was a dropout. Right, right. And <laughs> then, like, Aunt May is, like, giving Peter a hard time because he, like, one, and one part of the issue, like, he just didn't go to school. I guess that when he, the car was trying to kill him, he, like, got freaked out I'd and take just a day decided. Off for that. What? I took a day off for that. I would too. <laughs> but, like, he, like, felt like he couldn't tell them or whatever. And then, like, Aunt May is, like, super mad about it, and she's just kind of, like, written as, like, a harpy, I kind of feel like. And then, like... Oh, so just a distancing or a or, uh, um, female character's not written well, is what I'm trying to say. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. MJ's not given a lot to do in nope. this. There are people no, who are, like... No, the bullies that pick on Peter have more lines than MJ does. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, like... They don't really seem to really like each other that much at this point, which is fine. You got to start somewhere. Uh, yeah. I mean, they, they did some sort of science project together or something, I guess. Yeah. But that's about it. And um, I don't know. He's, he's just painted as like such a loser in this. Um, Peter Parker? Yeah. He's a loser. I know. But he, uh, I don't know. He seems kind of, he seems kind of wimpy. He's a wimp. Yeah. Okay. Never mind. <laughs> he is a wimp. You want Peter Parker's coming out, huge bulge in his crotch. No. Skateboarding. Wow. Hair tousled by the wind. I, You're more of I an Andrew Garfield Spider-Man girl. I did not say that. I He's got to start somewhere. That. I know. I know. But it's just, for me, it just, I, I think that this reveals something which is we want to cherish the past you know action comics number one is worth six million dollars you know near mint or whatever but really i think it's okay to forget what happened before i think it's okay you know endless endless issues of daredevil watching tv and going i like this rfk guy Mm -hmm. you know hopelessly dated and it's fine to just sort of fudge the details and just go, yeah, the Daredevil fought Bullseye on YouTube that one time. Right. In a YouTube studio. Sure. Do you know what I mean? You can't go back again. They try to take the origin from Amazing Fantasy and put it into the future, and it just it doesn't work at all. Like, it's ridiculous that Ben was like, you know, a hippie. He was one of the flower children or right. something like that. Right. Um, 
it just doesn't work. Mm -hmm. And so if you're going to redo it, like really redo it. That's the one thing I guess you can give to the films is that, well, the films really go far enough. But then you've got the problem that you are killing a singer cow. Right. But if you want to reboot, then reboot. And none of these things, except for maybe with the exception of Iron Man, I don't think any of these things rebooted hard enough to really be reboots. Well, and... And one thing I can really appreciate, too, with the newer Spider-Man films with Tom Holland, like, they didn't give us... <laughs> There's an, no origin. They didn't give us an origin story. Yeah. And I appreciate that because, like, we already know. So why do we need to see it all over again? Um, so, yeah, I, I thought that was kind of like a new, fresh start. Um, did you did you like Ultimate Spider-Man? No. No? <laughs> okay. It's probably, like I said, you know, it's just me, my preferences or whatever. The dialogue is just so grating. Um, that being said, it's probably one of the strongest of the things that we read. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's move on to another one that your mileage may vary. Uh, the <laughs> X-Men, Ultimate X-Men. Yes. Uh, this is by writer Mark Miller and drawn by Adam Kubert. Mm-hmm. What do you think of that? Um... Uh... I was uh, I didn't really like Jean Grey how she was depicted in this <laughs> because she's like kind of like flippant and a little flaky I would say and like um, they have her in like the skimpy outfit and supposedly this black latex that like she goes and she collects uh, some of the other X Men who um, we think of as being original X Men. Like, I, I guess for some, like, I guess Cyclops is already there. Uh, so she collects the Beast, Storm, and uh, who else does she collect? Um, Beast, Storm, and Colossus. Colossus, right? thank you. Yeah. Um, and brings them back to the mansion, introduces them to Professor X, who's a pretty young-looking Professor X. Um, well, what are you going to do? Yeah, I know. Um, and... There are these sentinels that have are being sent out and can sense if you have an X-Men, a mutant gene, yeah. a mutant gene yeah. and they just kill you. So supposedly these black latex outfits that they get that shields them and they the sentinels think, oh, you're you're real, you're humans or Which whatever. is, I don't know why that's necessary because the X-Men have, or the sentinels have always been able to detect if you're a mutant and the yeah. X-Men... I've always just lived in Westchester, so I I don't know. For me, what this uh, first of all, uh, this is like, uh, I mean, Adam Kubert's still good, but this is like prime Adam Kubert art for me. Like I'm an mm-hmm. Adam Kubert fan, specifically of the late '90s and early 2000s. Later on, fine, I become more of an Andy Kubert fan at that point. Uh, but yeah, this is just right up the middle for like late '90s comic art. It's pretty good. Yeah. Um, it shows for me, and I know you have to start with a bang. I know that you have to hook people right away, except you don't, as we'll get into in a little bit. But Mark Millar, F- Miller, his name's Miller. Mark Miller felt like he had to hook everybody right, right away. And mm-hmm. it just goes to show how much the X-Men is something that has accreted over 40, 45 years. Yeah. You can't just do the X-Men right away. Yeah, they did. A guy with wings and a guy with big feet <laughs> you know, right. fought uh, a guy that can control metal. Fine. Uh, and then a couple issues later, they're fighting uh, people in a circus. And then a guy named Lucifer. And right. we had to find our big feet. But this is just, it's an immediate attempt to get up to speed within 40 pages. Yeah. Let's do this immediately. Yes. So 
No cool backstory, no origin. We're just going to run off and grab Storm. You're in. Yeah. Colossus, you're in now. Yeah. And so they take these original five X-Men, although not all of them, but characters from the original X-Men, and then characters from giant size X-Men. So you've got half the characters are Lee Kirby characters. The other half are uh, Ween Cockrum characters. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of merging the two together. Right. And I'm not sure why they picked these characters, except for I know why they did, because I read that Mark Miller wasn't really familiar with the X-Men. So first of all, great pick. Great pick to write your book. Yeah. So he just based it off the film, the 2000 X-Men film. Great. So that's why Storm's there. Awesome. And that's why, yeah. Wow. That kind of tells you all you need to know, doesn't it? Pretty much. Yeah. Other than that, what'd you think? Um, I, it was fine. It's just like they, the, I felt like they were too casual. Like, casual. um, yeah, like, I, I don't know. It's like they, they didn't seem like. Oh, we forgot Iceman too. Oh yeah. I, they, they find Iceman right. and they kind of protect him. Yeah. Whatever. Right. They're, they sentinels are after him. Yeah. And, uh, I think they're just kind of like. Oh, you know, I was, they're not really showing like how concerned they were that they were going to get attacked by the Sentinels or like the Sentinels would find them and kill them. They're just like, well, let's go out now in these suits that are protecting us and let's go find the kid and boop a doop a doop a doo. And I don't know. It just didn't seem fantastical. To me, it seems like a TV pilot. If you had something amazing, like if you did... Let's say Lord of the Rings was never a New Line movie, but you decided to make like a TV pilot out of it. Mm-hmm. It seems like that's what it would be. Yeah. You'd have like a guy named Frodo and he's like, hey, Frodo, I'm Strider. Strider, wow. Oh, hi, I'm Gandalf. Gandalf's here now. Let's fight. And uh-huh. then just fight something. You know, it's like Power Rangers or something and it's over. Yeah. And all yeah. the changes are to, to no avail at all. Like Cyclops is just kind of a jerk who swears now. Yeah, Jean Grey is a fetish model for some reason. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, apparently Storm's not a very good thief because she's in prison. Right. Uh, and Wolverine is, like, somebody's assassin. That yeah, We've seen that before. I mean, he was an assassin, I guess, technically, you know, originally, so that's fine. Some of the things that you see later aren't in this issue. I think Colossus is gay, which okay. has nothing to do with anything, but at least there's some diversity. Right. Uh, Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver are doing each other. That's weird. And Wolverine watches. Gross. All real. But that's just Mark Miller. He's just just a gross, terrible person with awesome. no no good ideas except just rub poop all over it and see Ew. what happens. So gross. Ask the authority about that. Want to move on? Yeah. Well, it doesn't matter if you want to move on. We're moving on. Let's move on. <laughs> what do you think about the ultimate Fantastic Four? Which well, I should say in this case is sort of co-written between uh, Bendis and Miller. And this is Andy uh, Kubert. And this is uh, Andy Kubert starting to really get good uh, as well. This is where they start to cross, in my opinion. Okay. Um, I thought they went back too far <laughs> you in didn't, this one. You didn't care to find out that Reed Richards uh, had an abusive dad? No. I did not care about that at all. <laughs> and, like, Ben is, like, kind of protective of him. That makes sense. Um. He kind of, you know, looks out for him when other, he gets picked on, much like Peter Parker. You see, Parker. he's getting a swirly because, yeah. yeah. Oh, wait, this is Adam Kubert. It is? Yeah. Oh. Huh. 
Oh boy, take my card away. Oh no. <laughs> There's just a lot more perspective than than he seems to do usually. Yeah. But no, okay, I can see it. Um yeah, uh, yeah, I agree. Um so before we talked about how it's a little too pat, this is a little too decompressed. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I'm not it's interesting. Oh, I should also mention this is for me one of the real um giveaways that a lot of the movies um Fox movies mm-hmm. uh, were based off of ideas from this. Oh, really? Specifically. So we always know that like Reed always discovers the negative zone or whatever. That's sure. like part of it. But right. him being a child proge- prodigy that discovers the negative zone and then is um, accepted to a lab, you know, that is run by um, Dr. Storm or whatever. That is Josh mm-hmm. Trank. Fantastic Four, exactly. Okay. Like, that is the storyline of it. Okay. So clearly they just, like, took that, you know, and used that for the movie. Huh. And having him and Ben be, uh, you know, childhood friends and, and him being his sort of, like, muscle or whatever. Yeah, I mean, that part made sense to me. Um, yeah, and then, like, the school he goes to is in the Baxter building, so I'm like, okay, okay whatever. That's just where, the yeah, the lab is. Anyway. Yeah, I know. Um, and, like... They had already discovered the negative zone, but they didn't really understand it that well. And like, that was the like, one thing I liked. Yeah, is that he's got these little models that he yeah is putting in the Phantom Zone, and then later on the guys are like, "We're hoping you can tell us where these little models came from." Right. <laughs> but then he goes, "Fantastic! Screw you guys." I know. Like we're the Fantastic Four, so I'm going to say fantastic. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, you got it. I know, but it's <laughs> it's cheap. Yeah. Um, I think the fantastic ultimate Fantastic Four is probably the one real enduring thing from the Ultimate Universe, other than Miles Morales. Okay, and the general aesthetic, because I think ultimately, hmm, <laughs> depending on how you look at it, they made a lot of money when they did, but they didn't last long. So is that a success or not? I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I think that the success of the Ultimate books. And the idea behind them, whether this is true or not, was that they were doing their own thing and, and they, they weren't restricted were. by the, what came before in Marvel okay, Comics. Sure. I think that that got sort of backported into the Marvel mainstream when they started letting you know writers like Jonathan Hickman or wh- whoever um, just go off and go, well, what if... Why does this have to be this? Mm-hmm. Like, what if Loki's a kid and he's good? Or right. what if we really question some of the base assumptions about these characters? Mm-hmm. And then we use the great history we have, Dragon Man, whoever, whatever. Um, but we tell things that really break the status quo and get really creative. Mm-hmm. That, you know, the spark of creativity can't be attributed to any one thing. Mm-hmm. But I think using that idea, that sort of mindset or that creative attack from the uh, Ultimate Universe did really benefit in a lot of ways yeah. um, the mainstream universe. Mm-hmm. And you'll see in like the the aughts, the naughties, as the kids say, right. uh, the ultimate line being kind of what was put forward as, oh, this is Marvel Comics. Mm-hmm. So that like those games, Marvel Ultimate Alliance. They call it Ultimate Alliance for a reason. Yeah. But when you play them, you know, it's like Thor with the light up things on his thing and it's all the ultimate version of the characters but yet they have like unlockable oh no I can play regular Spider-Man because I want to anyway because that's my Spider-Man right Thor has wings on his hat yeah that's Thor (laughs) not this guy who's basically he's basically just like you know Aquaman from the Justice League movie yeah that's ultimate Thor okay like they can't even be original about that okay it's just like give me me that whisk give me that liquor Jessica Jones (laughs) 
So, um, yeah. I, are we doing recommends? I guess it doesn't really matter. Um, I would not recommend <laughs> the ultimate. I'd have to see. Some of these before. don't get going. So I yeah, guess I'd I have to read the first couple issues and, and tell you whether it was good or not. Right. That leads us to Ultimate Iron Man, which is a miniseries. It's one of five. We are the first one. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, it's written by Orson Scott Card. Yeah. So that's not good. Yeah. Uh, felt bad about uh, making you read that. Yeah, it's okay. uh, and this one is penciled by by Andy Kubert. Okay. What'd you think about this? Um, I think it good also, thing we killed off another lady. Yeah, I know. Good thing she's not important. I I think it also <laughs> like went back maybe a little too far because we we're, we're not we start with howard Stark. we start with his dad <laughs> yeah yeah and in and, and this first issue we don't even get to him so um but this sets up their their new idea of tony stark which is that it's not cool <laughs> what do people like about tony stark that he's he's a that cool he's cool. Guy. He can t- he can take off being Iron Man, even though I mean he can. He's supposed to have this right. thing in his chest, but they got rid of right. that a while ago. Uh, it's fun to be him, right? So hmm, let's change all that. that must make what it if real it was? Ter- what if you were in pain every second of the day? I know because you basically have brain all through your body, like your yeah, your that tissue like, is brain tissue. I was like really kind of like weirded out by that. Yeah. It's a very body horror esque. It, kind of it thing. is, yeah. yeah. And the same thing happens with um, him, and uh, he divorces um, Maria Stark, and then marries yeah. this like other lady or whatever. Yeah. And she's, you know, she ingests some of this compound that they're working on, or with like a super soldier serum, basically. Yeah. And so she's. So what's happening to her? Racked by pain, and <laughs> it's just it's all very depressing. It's very depressing. Yeah. So, yeah, she's in, like, super pain, and then, like, she's, like, I don't know, she's, like, giving labor, or in labor, or about to have a baby, and it's just, like, awful. And then his, then his ex is, like, uh, teaming up with um, his rival, and, like, they're buying out all of his stock, Uh, so that really sucks. Yeah, it's just, I like how... She's like, let's test this stuff. And then she's infected by it mm-hmm. and she's pregnant. Uh, and then as she's like dying, basically, she's, you know, just a baby incubator. She's also yeah. a baby incubator with a exposition function because she's able to tell Howard, like, our baby will do this. And he'll yeah, do this. Like, great. Oh, you know all this stuff. I know. Um, yeah. Uh, so... We we don't even really get to to see Tony yet, so. Um, Do you want to? It's probably real cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's probably real fun. I uh, well, I wanted to, but um, <laughs> yeah. You can keep reading it. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I uh, guess like I'm not sure how I feel about continuing to read any of these because I, I just feel like they're they're. It's like so far in the beginning, it's like hard to know where you're going to go. And like, I guess I'm intrigued if you're going to go somewhere other than what the usual story is or if you're just like retelling it. You yeah. Know. I think that Joe Quesada, who was, didn't have the exact same role as now, but he was a high up still back then, mm-hmm. wanted to do something like this, but he wanted to do it with original characters. Okay. And just go, well, if we're just going to make a bunch of new people, why don't we, or new stories, why don't we just have new characters? Right. Yeah. 
Although when your company just got out of bankruptcy and the market is at its lowest, maybe that's not when you introduce a bunch of new characters. I I think you're probably right. And I think Marvel should have learned that when they introduced New Universal, (laughs) another reboot of sorts. In 1985, they started this new universe called New Universal, and it was something that happened sort of adjacent to the Marvel Universe. It didn't take place in the Marvel Universe. It's a world that was like our world, a real world with no superheroes. And then something called the White Event happens and imbues a bunch of people with uh, superpowers. Okay. Was it any good? Uh, it folded after like six issues. Or okay. So. Yeah, people right. weren't really uh, into it. Yeah. And then in a stroke of almost like uh, irony that you, you almost seems like a performance piece. Um, in, uh, God, when was it? In 2007... Marvel hired Warren Ellis to reboot New Universal and to do an entirely new New Universal, new new Universal, uh, in which we acknowledge that the old New Universal happened, but it's sort of happening now in current times. And then we can maybe try to find a way to fit it into um, the Marvel Universe as well, which they did end up doing. All right. Uh, And that ran about six issues or so. And they pulled the plug on that. Oh, great. Yeah. Awesome. So they eventually ended up taking the idea of the White Event and Starbrand and some of these characters from that universe and then brought them to our universe and just had them join Hickman's Avengers. Okay. All right. Because God knows you don't have enough Avengers in Hickman's Avengers. Right. So, yeah, it's tough. People don't want something new unless it's Spawn. Right, right. But Tom McFarlane, give this to him. He knew what, what people wanted. Yeah. He took this sort of creepy... Thing, the creepy aesthetic that he was using in Spider-Man at the time mm-hmm. and then just made a mask that was almost just Spider-Man's mask and then changed all the webs to a cape instead. Right. And it lasted for 150 issues or so. <laughs> it's right. okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, he, he was able to tap into that moment at mm-hmm. that time, but mm-hmm. of course was unable to turn it into anything else because even now, apparently we're going to have the Spawn movie with Jamie Foxx and people are questioning like, is it? time for spawn anymore <laughs> what does spawn look like in the 21st century what's that 20 he's really woke or something right i don't know yeah well this uh, takes us of course to the ultimates yes. because that's cooler than the avengers right uh the ultimates was uh at least the first uh story arc or whatever is written by mark miller and penciled by hitch and this is significant because ryan hitch uh penciled the um authority Okay. Uh, first of all, uh, for Image Comics and uh, Warren Ellis writing, and then Mark Miller took over on the writing of uh, Authority, and somebody else did the... I can't remember who did the pencils, but somebody else did the pencils. Okay. And so it's like the writer of the second run of Authority and the artist of the first run of Authority Interesting. combined to make Marvel's Authority, <laughs> Yeah. And so as it starts off, it starts off with a flashback to show us that Captain America's not a pussy. I never thought he was. He's also kind of a jerk in this, I feel like. Yeah. You know? Uh, and kind of full of himself. And, like, the Nazis, like, launch this, like, missile that's going to, like, DC. And he's like, oh, you're not going to launch it. You already launched it, but I'm going to stop it. So he just, like, hitches a ride and, like. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. And then Miller's he, right. Right. And then he's like going to blow it up. Yeah. But it's like. And, and then like that scene ends and he's like plunging into some water. And then we flash forward to 2002 and Tony Stark and Happy 
are climbing Mount Everest. Yeah. And I'm thinking, oh, they're going to find Cap. <laughs> On <Nope>. Mount Everest? <laughs> I know, but I thought maybe. And then it's like it, that that issue just ends. Yeah. Like, it's not like a, in my opinion, it's not a good, like, stopping point. It's not like a good, like, cliffhanger. It's like, we don't know what happened to Cap. And now we get a little taste of Tony. But it's not like he's looking for Cap or, you know, how are these two things connected? They're not. And uh, and we're just going to end it. Right. But th- th- there's a second issue. I know there is. And yeah. like maybe I should have read the second issue. But oh, okay. it just like it's, you know, it just stopped. And for me, it wasn't a, in a great stopping point. Well, I mean, they told the Captain America origin story, I guess. But as it goes forward, you know, we see that... Um, Nick Fury's already sort of getting a team together, you sure. know, an Ultimates initiative, if you will. Oh, sure. It does sort of mirror the the films in that way or the other way around. Mm-hmm. And so he's talking to Bruce Banner, and in this world, it's a similar situation to the other world where, you know, the Hulk always does a ton of destruction when he's around, so we're trying to get Bruce Banner on our team so maybe we can keep an eye on him and help him control his sure. thing. And he's also a brilliant Sciences. scientist as well. And Hank and, uh, and uh, Janet are already on board, and so we're trying to just get everybody together, um, Iron Man as well. Put put them together, right? And then the first thing they have to do is find Cap, fight the Hulk. Oh, fight the Hulk! Okay. Just like the real Avengers. Okay, right? Sure. Yeah. Only that was a trick by yeah. Loki. This is just no. The Hulk in this universe is like a cannibal, like a murderous cannibal. When he goes Hulk, he awesome. eats eats people, and that's terrifying. That's like Spawn. That's not like. <laughs> do you mean? Edge, yeah. Edge as F. I mean, I mean, that's like Venom. That's what I meant to say. Like <laughs> Venom. Like a turd in the wind. Yeah. Like seriously. <laughs> yeah. This guy is robbing a convenience store. I'm just gonna swallow Eat him. him. That's yeah. what he deserves. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So anyway, uh, you know, at the end of the second issue, they do find Cap, and then they add him to the team. And there's uh, this is where the Triskelion comes from. You know, there's <laughs> there's like elements of the Ultimate universe that kind of get ported into okay uh the thing just the fact that they're in like avengers tower and not avengers mansion i think is a real sort of ultimates thing so the mcu that you've got which succeeded largely by finding not trying to be like ooh, how edgy is this but (laughs) finding the core of the character why did stan lee or Len Wein or Jack Kirby or whoever create this character. What were they trying to do mm-hmm. and say? And finding that and making that the center of your blue laser, <laughs> you know, karate spectacle. Great. Uh, that's how they succeeded. But it's hard to argue that the Ultimate Universe didn't at least influence that in some way. Okay. All right. Um, Final verdict. I feel like I need to read more to really make a decision about it. Otherwise, I'm not terribly excited about any of them, to be perfectly honest. How do you feel, Cal? I hate them. You hate them? (laughs) Yeah. Strong feelings. Because I was a comic buyer and fan. I mean, I still am. But I was all through the the hard times and the down times. Yeah, sure. You know, there was even some good stories, you know, during those times as well. But then Mm -hmm. I saw them flinch and decide to create something new and I didn't buy them then and I'm don't hate them as much as I did uh, back then now Mm -hmm. but I think that history has backed me up that it was you know a a bad idea idea. yeah Mm -hmm. and it was 
Maybe we kept him contained. Maybe if Ultimate had kept going, uh, Bendis would still be doing it. And he'd be, uh, he'd be, you know, quarantined uh, sure. from the rest of the line. But uh, yeah, it just it split the uh, the. It, it was a brain drain. You know, you took creators like him and like artists like the Cuberts and stuff like that, and you put them off on something else, mm-hmm. and then right. Yeah. Didn't make the main line your focus anymore. And it took a while for the main line to catch up again as being the premier storytelling venue for Marvel mm-hmm. Comics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. What do you think about a Reed Richards who is evil and killed Sue because she's a bitch? I think that sounds depressing. Well, that's the other thing that we got from the uh, Ultimate Universe, the maker, the the evil reed richards is it evil reed richards okay great awesome thumbs up there (laughs) 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 i just like 2002 like joe quesada is just like what are you talking about isn't that the coolest thing ever (laughs) what do you mean and then an older slightly fatter joe quesada comes in and he's like yeah she's right man (laughs) she's really right can't do that Oh. What about Ash? Let's reboot Ash. Who's Ash? Don't worry about it. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, I think that was a a fairly good look. Maybe not super comprehensive, but I think uh, hopefully uh, somewhat uh, enlightened about uh, how sometimes uh, things don't work out the way you thought they were going mm-hmm. to or mm-hmm. you do think for uh, something for the wrong reason and it turns out to be beneficial at least in the long term it definitely yes. kept marvel afloat uh, on the publishing side until yes. we could get more writers and creators and artists and better stories mm-hmm. going we should have done dc okay, you think so no yeah, just bing 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 right down the line we'll do um <laughs> uh, jsa to jla uh we'll do crisis on infinite earths We'll do Zero Hour, Infinite Crisis. We'll just do them all. Final Crisis, Reboots, 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 Rebirth. Sure. New 52. Yeah, yeah, New 52. There's Uh, so many reboots in DC. They're kind of, didn't they just kind of reboot a little bit? But they didn't, I don't think they named it or maybe I'm wrong about that. Maybe that was Rebirth. It was still like a year or two ago. So yeah, yeah, I mean, DC, they're the kings of that. Yeah, they are. Reboot to reboot to reboot. To reboot. Yes. Two roots. <laughs> Reroots. The next generations. Yes. Favorite reboot? Oh man. Um. <clears throat> this is good practice because you're going to need this for the con. I know, right? Once we get there. Um. Uh. My favorite reboot. Um. Uh. Uh. Wonder Woman. I don't know. The Patty uh, Jenkins movie. The the yeah the the newer movie that we saw. Oh, okay. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So, I don't know. How about you? Favorite reboot? Constantine film. I like the Constantine film. Now, <laughs> no, I, no, I get it. I'm a huge Constantine fan, uh, and, you know, so much so that um, I'm going to find Peter Milligan. I'm going to find him, because he ruined that character. But I don't think making him, you know, an American in L.A. and having him played by Keanu Reeves, that's like a side boot. You know what I mean? They're yeah. doing their own thing. Instead yeah. of just, okay, we, we don't have England. It's not going to be Sting. So how do we do it on our own and let the original be its thing but try to put our own spin on it? Mm-hmm. And I think they accomplished that. Yeah. 
And now, and I loved it. Keanu Reeves for everybody else did. No, he's super cool. <laughs> everybody loves him. He's so great. I know. Yep. His best friend, Max Landis. Oh, don't say and- that. <laughs> Don't say that. Please be good, Keanu. We need this right now. We just need this. <laughs> playing with puppies. I know, right? It's all a lie. He doesn't even touch the puppies. He's so respectful. <laughs> so uh, we've got reboots on our mind, and we will continue to have them on our mind when we come back next week for a series of little short shows as uh, the show goes on, the show in this case being Convergence mm-hmm. 2019 from Minneapolis, and that's where we'll be. So we will hear from you then, or you'll hear from us, I guess. Yes. You'll have to shout really loud, but maybe we'll hear. Uh, in the meantime, you can find us, and uh, please follow us on these social media platforms. That's how you're going to get our updates and see what's going on at the con, some of our panels, what we're up to, and our table, and pictures on our Instagram at Just Enough Trope, right. Facebook and Twitter at Just Enough Trope. So find us there. Also, subscribe to us on your listening platform of choice it's the best way to get the show when it's ready it comes right to you and while you're there spare us a review would you we'd appreciate it we want to hear from the fans hear how you think that we're doing we hope it's good and give us a rating that's probably the most important part definitely because pewter computer because because pewter pewter (laughs) because computers are the most important part more than your lover or your children or your dreams. Uh huh. Computers are the only thing that matter, <laughs> and a computer can only count to five. So what? ultimately, I'd I'd ask that you give us five mutant siblings oh, I see. who are just turning each other out. Oh my god! Just go. What is wrong with you, Mark Miller? I don't know. This is weird. What is your problem? Yeah. The first thing he thought is like, oh yeah, they should make out. It's so gross. Well, this so is, gross. but this is the, this is, um, hit boy, hit guy, hit yeah, man, kick, kick guy, kick, kick ass, yeah. kick guy wanted Kingsman. This is that guy. Yeah, I know. Netflix's darling yeah. boy. Yeah. Can't wait. Depressed. Yeah. Five stars. Yeah. Don't depress us. Yeah. Uh, we'll see you at the con. And until then, we're signing off from your host, Caliban. I'm your co-host, Mikanana. Keep the geek fires burning. <laughs> <laughs>